The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is the Disability Law Show. If you're just joining us, uh, welcome. Sit down, strap in. We've got a lot of stuff to get through in the show today. Uh, you want to reach out, I'll give you the numbers right out the top. Toll free to get a hold of Savannah and James or Tamar, member of the team, 1-855-821-5900. That's the, uh, the phone number, the website, disabilityrights.ca. Put a help at in front of that. You get an email address. Your emails will answer uh, rather quickly. And I know we'll, we'll probably refer to this several times during this show, and that would be mydisabilityquestions.com. That is yet another resource for you to ask questions. want to mention that there is a, a, a way for you to search on MyDisabilityQuestions.com. Why would you do that? Well, if your question has already been asked or a very similar question to yours, it will have been answered in depth, and you'll get some answers uh, even more quickly than leaving it on your own. If not, drop it there, and the guys will uh, will get back to you for sure. So we'll get uh, get underway here the week that was. I know you got a few matters you want to talk about. Savannah, take it away, pal. All right, John. Let's start off with a question that was posted uh, on uh, MyDisabilityQuestions.com. Uh, this is a, this is an interesting one. So this was posted by Paul from Ottawa, and here's what he writes. He says, uh, "I've had three concussions in the last three years. The last one resulted in my employer uh, putting me against my wishes on EI for 90 days." I think what he means here is that he was told to go on EI uh, sick uh, benefits because he's he was unable to work. So then he writes, "The next step is LTD through," and then he gives the name of the insurance company, which I'm not going to mention here. He says, I, I assume I will get LTD, long-term disability, for two years, taking me to age 60. What are the odds of getting LTD till age 65? So this is an interesting question, and it's an interesting question because the first thing that this person does here, Paul, is he says, I assume I will get LTD for two years. Don't assume that. Don't assume that. I can tell you outright that many people get denied at the beginning, no even though they're yeah, even though they're doctors. I mean, we talk about this every week, John. Right? Even though their doctors say explicitly this person is disabled from working because of X and Y. Maybe there's an illness, an injury, a combination of both, and yet the insurance company sends back a letter saying insufficient medical documents, or uh, this is not enough to justify you being on disability. You don't meet the definition of total disability. They'll use some excuse in their bag of, of excuses to pull one out and say, here's the reason why we are denying your claim. And by the way, sometimes they'll use more than one excuse. Uh, sometimes I see people appealing those denials, and, and the denial letter of the appeal uh, quotes a different excuse. And, and so my point is that this individual here, Paul from Ottawa, is assuming he's going to get LTD for the first two years. Listen, let's hope he does if he's in fact disabled and can't work. But... But don't assume that. If you do get denied, you give us a call or email us ASAP, and then we advise you on what your legal options are. But then he says, let's assume I do get LTD until I am 60. What are the odds of now getting LTD until age 65? Well, that opens up the, the, I mean, that, I was going to say, that opens up the discussion about uh, what, what criteria do you have to meet? What is the test for getting LTD for the first two years and beyond the two-year mark? Yep. So remember, the first two years, for the first two years, you have to show medically that you cannot perform your own occupation, that you're disabled from doing your own occupation. It's called the own occupation test. So I am a lawyer. To satisfy the criteria, I have to demonstrate that I cannot be a lawyer. I can't satisfy the, the primary aspects of my job. 
my right. own occupation for the first two years. Yeah. Beyond the two-year mark, and this is this is applicable to the majority of LTD policies that I have seen, beyond the two-year mark, the test changes. There is a change of definition for the definition, uh, sorry, for the term of total disability. The test now becomes not can you do or perform your own occupation, but can you perform any occupation? Highlight the word any. Any occupation for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. So maybe I can't continue being a lawyer beyond the two-year mark, but maybe I can teach law. Maybe I have the qualifications for that. Well, if I can teach law, well, then I would not necessarily qualify beyond that two-year mark. So to answer the question that Paul has given us, we don't know what kind of work he does. What I can tell you, he's asking about the odds of getting LTD beyond the two-year mark. The odds, in my experience, are fairly low, meaning that even if you are disabled, in many instances, in many cases, uh, insurance companies will cut you off. They'll say that you don't qualify beyond the two-year mark. They will sometimes send you to a transferable skills assessment. They will right. sometimes send you to their own doctors. They'll do a whole bunch of legwork to try and argue that there are other jobs, other things you can do beyond your own job uh, that will disqualify you from getting LTD after two years. And, and you know, in many cases, when people contact me and they tell me, Sivan, I can't do it. I can't do these other 10 jobs they've, they've told me that I'm supposed to be able to do. And, and my doctors agree that I can't do. Well, in those cases, I tell them, well, then you have a case. You have a case. As long as the doctors say you cannot perform other occupations because of your disability, and we see this a lot with mental health claims, people suffering from depression, anxiety, things like that, they often cannot work in any other occupation for as long as they are still disabled from that mental health illness, we can help in those cases. We can start a legal claim against the insurance company and force the insurer to pay you beyond that two-year mark. Either they're going to reinstate you or they're going to come to the table and we're going to resolve your case on a lump sum basis. I mean, again, you control your case. You are the one that at the end of the day approves or disapproves of the settlement. My point is you have options. Just give me a call and email me and we can discuss them. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the way to reach out and discuss those options. You can email some questions as well. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. Lots more of the show just getting warmed up here. It's a disability law show. It's on Global News Radio. And we're back. The Disability Law Show. Reaching out, simple. Uh, use the phone number toll free one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It is help at disabilityrights.ca through email. I know Savannah, you want to get to some more uh, some more cases, some more things that you were talking about through the week that was. But you mentioned in the last segment that uh, you know the the own occupation test is good after two years. It's you know through training, education, or experience. So in your case, yeah, sure, you're a lawyer, you can't practice law, but after two years. You could become a barista. You know how to make espresso, but isn't there an isn't there an income component to that as well? It can't just be yeah. Any there job. is, there is, and right. this is a it's an excellent question, John. So, remember, beyond the two year mark of being on LTD, the test changes. It's it's no longer can you do your own occupation. It's can you do, can you do any occupation for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. Right. That last part is really important. And you know how do you figure out whether or not you qualify for LTD beyond that two-year mark. I mean, you know, you're right. If you are a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, whatever it is, let's say you're a high-income earner and you are now told go and work at a job that, that pays you 20% of what you earned pre-disability, is right. that is that proper? No, it's not. It's not. And we have case law from the courts that have basically given us an idea on how to assess this. So the general rule, and I want to put that in as a as a as a as a caveat there, uh, we're we're talking generally here. 
if you can go into a profession or work in a profession after that two-year mark that earns you about 60-65% of your pre-disability income, then the insurance company may have an argument there, a good argument of why it is that you don't qualify beyond the two-year mark for LTD. So that 60-65% mark is generally what we look at. It's not the only component, but from a numerical standpoint, from a salary standpoint, that's what we look at. So if you're earning $100,000 before going on disability, and now you're told, no, you can do this other job, and that job pays you 70000 right. And in fact, you can do that job. Uh, well, well, then you probably would be cut off correctly at that two-year mark. But again, every case is separate. Every case is distinct and different. You, I mean, you can be told that you can go into a job that pays you 90% of your pre-disability income, but you have zero qualifications for it, despite what the insurance company is saying. Well, in that case, you can't do that job. You, you never get it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a very, very good point, John. Um, by the way, uh, before I go into another email here that I had uh, received, uh, something came to mind that I wanted to mention. I forgot to mention on the first uh, uh, segment. Uh, I had a discussion uh, earlier this week, last week actually, with uh, one of our lawyers who came to me and said, look, we, we, I, I have this claim, I have this gentleman, uh, he was denied LTD a year and a half ago, unjustly. I mean, we have doctors saying that this person cannot work, it's clear as day, and yet the insurance company, the adjuster, decided to just cut the person off, uh, sorry, uh, denied the person LTD, and this individual then appealed it twice, they appealed to the insurance company, and the adjuster twice uh, rejected those appeals. So this person has wasted really uh, a year and a half worth of time, and then that person contacted us because, of course, he listened to the show and he saw the TV shows and he says, well, you know, what do I have to lose? So he comes to us and uh, he, he retains us. We take all the information. We do all our homework. We start a legal claim within a matter of weeks of being retained. So the reason why this lawyer who's handling this claim in my office came to speak with me is because the insurance company who now received our legal claim uh, retained their own lawyer. Uh, a senior defense lawyer, and that defense lawyer just wrote us a letter, and of course I'm not going to provide any identifying information here because this yep. is all confidential, but that lawyer uh, basically wrote on that letter that his client, the insurance company, is offering to reinstate this person yeah. and put him back on benefits and pay that person retroactively the amount that was owing to this person since the person was denied a year and a half ago. You understand, John, for a year and a half, this person, our client, was denied wrongly. And now, a year and a half later, after all these ridiculous appeals that went nowhere, we've yeah. been involved for a matter of weeks, start a legal claim, and now the insurance company, who now has a different adjuster on this claim and a senior defense lawyer, now they've seen the light. Now they've mm -hmm. come to us and say, we'll offer to put this person on claim and pay retroactively what we owe. Now, we're going to deal with this. We're going to deal with this individual. We're going to make sure that he's, you know, he gets the money that he's owed, that they pay for legal costs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm just highlighting the fact of how unfair some of these, these situations are that the person has to come to us after wasting a year and a half and all the stress and anxiety that comes along with that. And yet, you know, they could have simply approved him in the first place. Clearly, they had grounds back then to approve him. Nothing changed between then and now, except that now we're involved.
Now we've put the insurance company's feet to the fire. Now there is a defense lawyer who's advising the insurance company clearly that if they don't put the person on claim, they're going to get hit hard if this ever goes to court. And they understand that. That, that, That's why they're trying to cap their exposure now. So, you know, the lesson you can take from that is that there is a lot of power that you have so long as you exercise it. And the way you exercise it is through that legal process. Because as long as you go through the appeal route, the power is in the hands of the insurance company. You don't have leverage with them. They can simply deny you over and over again. All it costs them is the stamp on the letter that comes to your house that says you've been denied. When we start a legal claim, trust me, it costs them a lot more money to hire that defense lawyer to tell them exactly what they already know, except that now they know that it costs them money to go through the process. It's a beautiful thing, and more of that uh, in just a moment here. We'll get to a, a short break, toll-free. It's one 821 5900 That's the phone number. Email address that we use is help at disabilityrights.ca. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you can ask questions at mydisabilityquestions.com. It's a disability law show. It's on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Disability Law Show reaching out real simple. It's 1-855-821-5900. That's the phone number. Savan and his team standing by at, uh, at all times, really. Website is disabilityrights.ca. And the email address is simply putting a help at in front of disabilityrights.ca and send that along as well. Got uh, more stuff you want to talk about here, Savan. Uh, what's, up, uh, what's up next? Here's a question that was posted uh, by someone on um, on mydisabilityquestions.com, and this person writes, I was off work from September 2017 and returned to work on December 3rd, 2019 from acute or chronic pancreatitis. I'm unsure because my specialist was unclear and is no longer here in Sudbury. I returned to work because I was feeling a lot better, and I have not had an attack since August. On January 20th of this year, I had to go to Emerge because I've been feeling ill for about two weeks. The doctor informed uh, me that I have pancreatitis and to fast for three days and gave me a doctor's note for seven days off and to return to check my levels in a week. In one episode, I have used all of my sick days and now I feel at risk of losing my job. Uh, Note that I was off for more than two years on long-term disability through my insurance company for constant pancreatitis attacks. I just need advice on what routes are available. So really, really uh, tragic situation here. Clearly, this person is not a malingerer. I mean, you know, one of the things that I do when someone calls me and and asks us to to help them to, uh, you know, be their lawyers is I gauge whether or not I want to even help the person. I mean, don't assume that because we're doing this show and because I tell people to contact me, I mean, I'll give free advice, and I do that every single day, but we're very selective about the people that we offer to help. And the reason is because we value our reputation. I do not want to represent someone that that is a liar, a malingerer, somebody who's trying to scam the system. I worked on the other side. I've seen my share when I worked for insurance companies of people trying to scam the system. You know, as much as I say that insurance companies are huge scammers, you know, in their own right, and I can tell you that I unequivocally, I think that they often do things when they know they should not. In the same way, there are people out there who are trying to scam the system, and it's just a reality. So I do my part, certainly the lawyers in my firm do their part in being very careful on who we represent. 
It doesn't mean that you have to, ha- you know, have an income of two hundred thousand dollars to represent you. I've represented right. people that had thirty thousand dollars income a year and less. That's not, you know, the litmus test for me. For me, it's whether or not I think that you have a case and whether I believe you. This person here who who wrote this question on on the website on mydisabilityquestions.com. The fact that he, after two years of being on disability, went back to work because he felt better, that tells me something. It tells me that person has character and has the ability and wants to go back to work. So to me, that's already someone that I want to help if I can. And the fact that he's now having these pancreatitis issues again, well, he's asking, what can I do? Well, so there are a few things here that we have to consider. He's concerned about losing his job. Well, remember... uh, if you lose your job, if you are let go while you're on disability or while you're on sick leave or anything like that, that is a human rights violation. Your employer is not allowed to do that. They're not. And our employment lawyers deal with this every day. On the other hand, uh, if the employer is doing that and at the same time you're also on disability and now you're having issues with your disability insurer, you need a law firm, you need lawyers that specialize in both areas of law because if you go to a lawyer that only does employment law, that lawyer may not understand the impact of your employment case and any severance you may end up getting on your LTD. For example, many employment lawyers are not aware that LTD policies contain provisions that entitle the LTD insurer to a credit for any severance you get. So imagine, John, you're an LTD or you're about to apply to LTD because you need that money because you're disabled and yet you've been let go from your job and you just got a severance negotiated for you by your employment lawyer and the severance is worth $30,000 and you're thinking, oh my God, I can now live off of this $30,000 while I deal with my insurance company. Well, not exactly because now the insurance company is going to say, remember clause 8 under your LTD policy? If you look at that, it says that we're entitled to a credit for any severance you may get. So the insurance company essentially is not going to pay you whatever amount is that equates to that severance you just received. So again, you want to make sure you go to a law firm or lawyers that deal with both areas of law. And what I would tell this gentleman here who posted the question, this person with pancreatitis, is that he needs to make sure that his employer is aware that he does want to come back to work as soon as he's better, as soon as he's cleared to go back to work. And if he's not able to go back to work for whatever reason, that he simply uh, you know, lets his employer know, and if his employer lets him go, to contact us. And at the same, on, on, you know, in, in, in the same vein, he should be contacting his insurance company, the LTD insurer, and say, I'm unable to work, I want to go back on LTD. And right. remember that uh, if you've tried to go back to work, you have a certain period of time where if your return to work doesn't work out, you can go back on LTD, or you should be able to go back on LTD. And if the insurance company doesn't let you go back on LTD with a done period of time, and that period of time is usually about six months, depending on each policy, right? Uh, we can help you. So understand, you have rights both vis-a-vis your employer, your employment, as well as with respect to your insurance company. You want to reach out? It's one 821 5900 Going to keep pounding that phone number until you remember, until it's ingrained in your brain. Uh, the email address, by the way, is help at disabilityrights.ca. Uh, as well, if you haven't gone there yet, mydisabilityquestions.com, great resource for you. Ask your questions there. They get answered quickly. And there's also a search capability there as well. Your question may have been asked in the past and already answered. So have a look at the database and uh, make your decision from there. You can ask your question or, or find one that's already been answered. Either way, it's, it's, uh, it's up to you. More on the way here. This is the Disability Law Show, and it's on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified. 
The guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is the Disability Law Show. You want to reach out to Savannah James, member of the team? Uh, do so. Really easy. The phone number, it is a one 855-821-5900-disabilityrights.ca. If you haven't been there before, you will catch uh, a way to listen to past radio shows and our TV show as well. You'll see us uh, in front of a TV camera. could be scary, but lots of good information there as well, so we'll leave that judgment up to you. Uh, email address is help at disabilityrights.ca and to ask questions anytime, mydisabilityquestions.com. There you go. Take it away, pal. What else are we talking about? Here's an email that uh, I had received last week from, uh, from a gentleman who writes, I'm a 56-year-old male with uh, cerebral palsy. I've worked and paid into CPP since I was 16 years old. I'm currently on short-term disability. My insurance company phoned to tell me that my limitations are permanent and a prolonged medical condition and to apply for CPP disability uh, benefits. Is this yep. mandatory? What are the financial advantages and disadvantages? So is it mandatory to apply for CPP disability? We, we cover this topic every so often, John, and yep. I, I want to make sure people are clear on this. No, it's not mandatory. You don't have to do so. But most LTD policies contain a provision that states that you, if you are an LTD, you need to apply for CPP disability. And the reason they have those provisions and the reason why the insurance company, whether it's a short-term disability policy or a long-term disability policy, the reason why they want you to apply is because they get a credit for anything you get from CPP disability. This is really, really important to understand. They get the credit, not you. So then a person thinks, well, why then should I bother? It is a bother. I have to go to my doctors. I got to fill out the forms. What is the point of all this? Well, the point is, is twofold. Number one, if you don't do that, then they may end up estimating how much money they think you ought to be getting from CPP disability and then reduce your monthly amounts accordingly. On the other hand, if you do apply for CPP disability and you get it, and by the way, it's not easy to get, if you get it, the test for CPP disability is that you have to have uh, a disability that is both severe and prolonged. Arguably, that's, an, uh, more, that's a more difficult test to meet, um, more stringent criteria than just getting LTD or STD. So if the government approves you for CPP disability, you have a stronger argument for why you should not be cut off or denied STD or LTD. Now, this person who wrote to me here is on STD. He may very well end up applying for LTD. Well, if he applies for CPP disability and he gets approved, it makes it less likely, at least to me, in my mind, that the LTD insurer, knowing that, will not approve him for LTD. Because how can the LTD insurer saying you're not disabled from doing your job when the government is, you know, deems you disabled? So, so it, it strengthens your case for why you should get uh, a disability. The other thing that you should consider is that if you are approved for CPP disability, you start getting a certain monthly stipend and income from the government. Right. I think that uh, at this point, it's up to close to or around $1,400. That's the max amount. I mean, there, there, there's... Yeah. Uh, there, there's uh, uh, you know, different amounts depending. Yeah. There's a scale depending on your contributions yeah. and etc. But if you get that, let's say you're getting fourteen hundred bucks a month now. If you're not approved for LTD, or if you've cut off, you've been cut off LTD or denied STD, then while we are fighting your insurance company, you're still getting those monthly amounts from the uh, government for 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 CPP disability. So you see, there is there there are many advantages to you for getting CPP disability if you are disabled. 
Not the least of which is my first point, where if you don't apply, the insurer may estimate the amount and reduce your monthly LTD amounts right. or STD amounts accordingly. So, so that's something that you need to understand. Now, this person here is on STD, and you know, generally, I don't see a lot of insurance companies telling someone on STD to apply for CPP disability. This uh, may be a situation where whoever's paying for the short-term disability is also going to be paying long-term disability, so they want to get the process going uh, quickly. You know, you have many situations where somebody. Uh, either gets shortened disability through their employer or through a different insurance company. But in some instances where it's the same insurance company that pays STD and then LTD, they are attuned to this. They want to get a credit for CPP disability early on, and so they'll tell you early on to apply for CPP disability. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. This person says that uh, the adjuster from the insurance company called him to tell him that his limitations are permanent, and, and that he should be applying for CPP disability. What I would do in this case, if I'm this gentleman, I would confirm by email to the adjuster the conversation they just had. And, and what I would say is that in my email, I say, dear so-and-so, we've had this conversation right now. You've told me that you believe that my limitations are permanent and that they're severe and that I cannot work. I agree with you. My doctors agree with you. And you've told me that I should be applying for CPP disability. And I will do so. And the reason why I would do this by email is because if at some point later this adjuster cuts the person off or the insurance company denies him long-term disability, you have that email from back then early on where you've confirmed and the adjuster on behalf of the insurance company had confirmed that they believe that you are disabled from working. Do you see what I'm saying? It makes your yes. case that much stronger down the road. It's it's like this, you know, it's like playing chess, making one move now because in ten moves from now, that other move, ten ten moves ago, is helping you now. You that bet. that's what it is. You know, you got to make sure you do this because confirming these kinds of conversations in writing are really really helpful to your case down the road if things go sideways, and we can help you with that if in fact that happens. We'll take a short break, get into more of this. It's 1-855-821-5900. That number is good to go for you anytime to call toll-free. Email is help at disabilityrights.ca. This is a Disability Law Show. It's on Global News Radio. And back with the Disability Law Show, that phone number, write it down, 1-855-821-5900, toll-free. And email help at disabilityrights.ca. You got uh, got another uh, thing you want to talk about, right? I do. Uh, okay. So here's another question. Uh, this one comes from, um, again, mydisabilityquestions.com. This is an interesting one uh, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that uh, at the bottom where we ask people to put in, you know, how did you hear about this website? He says, uh, this gentleman says, um, it was from a brochure from his psychologist. So, you know, we do deal with psychologists and psychiatrists and physiotherapists and doctors, family doctors, etc. We We interact not only with people who are uh, dealing with long-term disability claims uh, and issues with their insurance companies, but with a lot of the service providers, with the doctors who have questions, who are often very, very frustrated by you know, what they deem to be unfair practices by the insurance company in denying their patients um, you know, long-term disability. So anyways, this individual here, his name is Luke, he's from Ottawa, and here's what he writes. He says, he says hello, I've applied last year uh, in March uh, for for long-term disability benefits. He gives the name of the insurance company, which I'm not going to say here. Uh, and he says, I have simply uh, been ignored for a full year and I'm having a medical discharge from my employer uh, mm. on April 23rd, 2020. 
So it's coming up. I'm concerned about this. Are there options for me? My employer is supposed to have a liaison between the employees and the insurance company, but they failed to help me so far. I was oh. trying to see if I could return to work for a year um, because I haven't been able to get anything from my insurance company, and now I'm going to be medically discharged from my employer as I cannot reintegrate to full time. In several weeks, I will suffer financially uh, because of this. Oh, big time. So... Yeah, keep in mind that I, I don't know exactly what this person does for a living. Uh, I, I also, you know, don't completely understand the the, the scope of of um, disability here. But what is clear to me is that he's getting nowhere with his insurance company. The fact, that, despite the fact that he applied, well, he said he applied last year, uh, and he believes that somehow his employer is supposed to be helping him with the insurance company. Uh, it's very rare for me to see employers step in and actually help individuals deal with the insurance company. Very, 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 very rare for me to see that. I have seen that, but it's very rare. And and then he's talking about a medical discharge. I don't know what that's about. It seems yeah. to me like the employer is letting him go uh, for the fact that he's unable to, to work. And as we've talked about before on this show, that is a big no-no. That's a human rights violation. An employer cannot let an employee go uh, when the employee is disabled, right? That's that's in breach of the human rights codes, uh, both in Ontario and in BC where we work. So very important to understand that we can help this person here. We can help it on two fronts. Number one, we can make the employer back off and wait, give this person time to get better. Hopefully they get better soon and hopefully he'll be able to go back to work. At the same time, we can deal with the insurance company. I don't understand why the insurance company hasn't gotten back to this person. Generally, people contact me and they say, I've been denied disability, I've been cut off disability. On some occasions, people call me or email me uh, and say, look, I've applied, but I'm not getting a response. Remember, John, a few shows ago, I was talking about this lady that had contacted me who said that in October of last year, she applied for LTD. And up until recently, she hadn't gotten a response, not a denial, not an approval, just no response. The insurance company keeps saying, we're going to get back to you, we're going to get back to you. Meanwhile, no money's coming in. And I got involved. Uh, I had her sign authorization. I emailed the adjuster directly. And within a week and a half, she was approved for for LTD. Uh, So in this case, with with Luke here from Ottawa, we'll be able to help him. I have no doubt about that. But, you know, if you're in that situation, You're in a situation where you've applied for LTD and the insurance company is not giving you any response, not a yes or a no. I think you should give them a deadline and you should say, look, you have an obligation to give me a decision. So here you go. I'm giving you seven days or 14 days or whatever it is. Give me a decision after which I'm going to go consult with a lawyer about my claim. Right, because what's the alternative? The alternative is that you get absolutely nothing and nowhere, and your file's gonna, you know, fall through the cracks. And I, I don't think in these kinds of situations that the insurance company is necessarily doing this on purpose. I don't know, but my gut sense is that it's because they're just huge bureaucratic entities, and sometimes things get missed. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be one of those people who whose file gets missed. You want to be a squeaky wheel. Okay, you need that money. You need that money for your family. You need to be able to pay the mortgage or the rent or the kids' expenses or your food or whatever, and medications. You want to make sure that you don't just you know, let this go for, for a year like this gentleman here. I mean, for God's sakes, this is crazy to me. And now he's going to be let go or put on a medical discharge, whatever that is, from his employer. It's absolutely crazy. 
So again, we deal with employment matters and we deal with disability matters all under one roof, all at the firm. And, you know, my expertise is disability and injury law. That's my background. That's what my team does. But there are quite a few lawyers in all our offices across Ontario and in BC where we deal with both employment law and disability law. So, so we have this interaction. We make sure that if an employment lawyer has a disability question, the disability lawyers can help. If the disability lawyers have an employment question, the employment lawyers can help. You know, it's really important because that's how we maximize the compensation that our clients are owed. The alternative is to go to a firm or a law firm uh, or someone that doesn't have that expertise in all those areas, and then things get missed potentially. Okay, you got to be very careful with that. We've, we, I've had situations where I've had to try to clean up the mess that uh, you know other lawyers have made, and and in some instances I wasn't able to. I was able to maybe help a little bit, but you know too many errors were made on sure. the claim. And I had to explain that to the individual. There's nothing that I can do. So you want to make sure that you do things correct from the beginning. And if you have a question or a concern about your LTD case, give us a call. Email me. Go on mydisabilityquestions.com. Go on my uh, uh, pocket employment lawyer, the website, John. We should probably talk about that. I yep. mean, th- those are all tools that are free. You're not going to get charged for any of this. And, but you can get accurate information about your situation like literally within seconds. Take a quick break and uh, wrap up here in a few more minutes. You want to reach out through email, simple help at disabilityrights.ca. And as mentioned, the phone number, yeah, 1-855-821-5900. This is the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is the Disability Law Show. You want to reach out, simple. Do it now. 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca is the email address. We'll get to an email here very shortly. Uh, you mentioned it, though, at the end of last segment. I want to go through it again, even though the title is uh, something else. It doesn't matter. It applies to you, and that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can go there to find out about severance, about disability, about uh, being a contractor, et cetera, et cetera, everything we do on the Employment Law Show. But there is a very nice section there tailored to you, and that is the disability law part of Pocket Employment Lawyer, right? Yeah, we've been talking about uh, Pocket Employment Lawyer and, uh, you know, Severance Calculator uh, on on this show and Lior's show for for years now. Pocket Employment Lawyer is a fairly new uh, website. It's a new tool, and, and it really encompasses Severance Calculator. But it does so much more than that. So one of the things that we have been uh, asked about by by individuals, I would say across the country, not, not just in Ontario and BC where we work, is can you create something that gives us more information? Because, you know, if you go on Google, uh, whenever you have a medical issue, you go to Dr. Google and you type in whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, the next thing you know, you're dying from something. Uh, okay. Because there's just so much information, <laughs> wrong information, false information, misleading information. Uh, you know, everybody has an opinion. And, and so how do you get the correct legal information to the people who need it most? Many people... Uh, in this day and age, do not want to necessarily call a lawyer or email a lawyer as their first step. I know I say yeah. this on the show all the time, but people are still intimidated. When they meet me, they see that I'm a very nice guy. People in our firm are really approachable, but they still have the sense of, I don't want to engage a lawyer, speak with a lawyer, 
unless I really, really have to. So let me see if I can find the answers on my own. Well, yeah. this is why Pocket Employment Lawyer was created. And it was created with the view that people want to get a quick analysis about their own case. So if you go to Pocket Employment Lawyer, if you type that in and you go into that website, there are various things that you can click on, uh, drop-down menus that that will explain or identify your particular scenario. So you know it, it's 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 like a Tetris puzzle, right? I mean, you're saying uh, uh, this is what happened to me, this is what happened to me, this is what happened to me. Uh, you're, you're providing all this information about your case without providing your name or your number or anything identifying you, and then. Several seconds later, uh, you click on the submit button and you get an analysis of your case. It, it, it's it's the program was designed to provide you with quick answers, basic answers, but quick answers and a starting point to figure out whether or not you have a claim for compensation, either with respect to your employment issues or your disability and injury issues. And the reason why Pocket Employment Lawyer contains a disability slash injury component is because many people who are injured or are on disability also have employment issues that arise, right? You're disabled, your employer is not treating you right, or or uh, you're, you're having issues with your employer, but now you're also having issues with your insurance company, your disability insurer, and you want to know what to do. And so, again, pocket employment lawyer, if you go to it, and you click what applies to you, it takes literally seconds. You will get a, a, a fairly comprehensive uh, but, but, but uh, accurate uh, reflection of whether or not you have any legal rights that you can enforce. And at that point, if you want to get in touch with us and get a more comprehensive assessment, you want to get a more uh, you know, customized assessment of whether or not we can help you, you can go ahead and click the button, and then we get a submission. We contact you, and we start the process. If you don't, you close the browser, and we yeah. don't know that you were there. You know, it's 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 an informational uh, uh, tool out there. And John, it's been used so so extensively now across the country. Even though we don't have offices in many places in Canada, yeah. uh, we work just yet. We, we yeah. right now we're, we're, we we work just in Ontario, all of Ontario and and, and BC. Uh, but people from across the country have been using this and and have been praising it. I mean, we've been getting. You know, responses, feedback from people, they love it. They love it because there's nothing else like it, and it's accurate. I want to get to a uh, quick email here. Uh, Becky writes in and says, My twin sister was in a very bad car accident last March when a truck ran a stop sign. She was injured very badly and had to re- have reconstructive surgery on her face. She hasn't been able to go back to work, and our whole family is very concerned about her future. She's 28 years old and was studying to be a nurse. She has memory issues now, and the doctors say that she suffered a severe concussion. She's been getting some benefits from her insurance company, but I'm wondering if we should be considering going after the other driver because it was his fault. What do you think? Well, Becky, I'm really sorry for what your sister has gone through, and you know we deal with car accidents quite a lot, particularly the more severe ones. Like the, this sounds like one of those cases. Yeah, absolutely, we can help, and absolutely, we need to have a chat with her uh, and with all of you, the family, about what her options are. So, uh, when you're involved in a car accident, when it's not your fault, uh, in Ontario specifically, uh, there are two types of claims you can make generally. One is with your own insurance company for accident benefits, which is what I think Becky's now getting. Those include income replacement benefits. Those include medical rehabilitation expenses and a whole bunch of other benefits you may be entitled to. The other claim is called a tort claim. It's a legal claim against whoever was at fault for the accident. And in this case, it seems like obviously she was not at fault because it was a truck that ran a stop sign. 
the fact that she suffers from severe concussion, remember a concussion is a brain injury. Many of them get resolved, but it's still a brain injury. The, the brain has been impacted here. And, and you know, this is where it's a, con it's a concern to me because if she suffered a severe concussion, she may very well have impairments that will carry her to the future. So you can be looking at a case here without knowing too much. She's very young. She's 28 years old. That is worth easily six figures, potentially even seven figures. So Becky, I would love to get in touch with you, your, your sister, the family, to explain absolutely everything. And at that point, all of you can decide collectively with your sister how you want to proceed. But she definitely has a claim. We've dealt with those kinds of claims, and we can help. Becky, nicely done about the email. I'll give you some other information so you can reach out before we uh, wrap for the day here. The phone number, one 821 The website is simply disabilityrights.ca. While you're there, you can catch past radio shows and our TV show as well. For everyone else, yeah, if you didn't know where uh, to ask a question, you can go to mydisabilityquestions.com, uh, drop-down menu, search past questions, or leave yours there, and it will be answered in a uh, short period of time as well. Till next time, this has been the Disability Law Show right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.